Blog Talk Radio. Today and we're going to have and enjoy live. It says and it says we are now live and on the air. Okay, that's great. All right. Well, um, friends, we have got as I promised our sister Andrea uh, with us today, and we're going to have and enjoy uh, this live broadcast. And um, what we're going to discuss today, she she received a gift, what I call from the Lord, a message that the Lord gave her, and um, I'm sure he, uh, you will see in the message, it's not just for her, it, it was something that he entrusted in her to share with everyone who is wise enough to listen. And I tell you what, I'm going to hush now, and I'm going to give this uh, time over to Sister Andrea. Go right ahead. All right. Thank you, Asa. Um, I I received a message from the Lord. Um, when I'm done with what I'm done explaining how I received it, I'm going to flip what I wrote down to you all so you guys can see it and, you know, see for yourself. But um, it was on the 6th, which I believe was a Wednesday, um, at 3.11 in the morning, the Lord um, woke me up and said he had a word for his people. And I was pretty tired, and I said, well, Lord, 
I, I just go ahead and tell me, you know, I'll remember it. I'll remember it, and I'll write it down in the morning. And it was such urgency, and he said, no, you will write it down now. And, and I, I just flew out of bed, and I'd never done that before. Um, I immediately grabbed my tablet and ran to the kitchen, turned the lights on, and was in prayer. I was praying, and the Lord gave me this message for not only me, but for all of you as well. Um, and it reads, The return of the Lord is at hand. live it says and it says we are now live and on the air okay that's great all right well um friends we have got as i promised our sister andrea uh with us today and we're gonna have and enjoy uh this live broadcast and um what we're going to discuss today she she received a gift, what I call from the Lord, a message that the Lord gave her, and um, I'm sure he, uh, you will see in the message, it's not just for her, it, it was something that he entrusted in her to share with everyone who is wise enough to listen, and I tell you what, I'm going to hush now, and I'm going to give this uh Time over to Sister Andrea. Go right ahead. All right. Thank you, Asa. Um, I, I received a message from the Lord. Um, when I'm done with, when I'm done explaining how I received it, I'm going to flip what I wrote down um, to you all so you guys can see it and, you know, see for yourself. But, um, it was on the 6th, which I believe was a Wednesday, um, at 3.11 in the morning, the Lord um, woke me up and said he had a word for his people. And I was pretty tired, and I said, well, Lord, I, I just go ahead and tell me. You know, I'll remember it. I'll remember it, and I'll write it down in the morning. And it was such urgency, and he said, No. You will write it down now. And and I I just flew out of bed. And I'd never done that before. Um, I immediately grabbed my tablet and ran to the kitchen, turned the lights on, and was in prayer. I was praying, and the Lord gave me this message for not only me, but for all of you as well. Um, and it reads... The return of the Lord is at hand. Tell my people I am coming soon. Many have been called, but few have answered. Too many of my people are tied up in their own affairs, locked up in the world. The spirit of Satan is entertaining them. They are too busy for me and do not believe their time is short. Very short. This is time, or it is time, for the church to get things in order. 
Um, and then I will go ahead and just kind of show that there. Um, but the urgency, and I had the, the Holy Spirit was all over me in the kitchen, just just pouring down. And I, I, I guess I just, I had never had that kind of an experience before. Um, I, I just knew in my spirit that, that our, our Lord will be calling us home, I mean, at any day, any day. So, um, and then I did have some scripture, oops, sorry here, um, I did have some scripture um, in, you know, in the book of Mark 13:34. it tells us to remain watchful. Um, so in the book of Mark and Luke 21, 34-38, um, and it talks about, you know, the days of Noah. Um, I mean, there's just, um, and then I got this other one, Luke 14, 15, and it's the, Jesus tells us the parable of the great feast. Um, so I, I, you know, it just, I just wanted to get this out there to all of you um, because I really do feel like our time is very, very short. Yes. Well, you know, uh, with that, um, first of all, <laughs> I have to control myself not to be too envious because, I, I mean, you know, I, I've had a couple of rapture dreams, um, one lately that I've shared, uh, but I've had a couple more back when I was like 20 and one uh, about 25 to 30 sometime way back then, and that was a, a long time ago. <laughs> but, you know, I, I can t let, let me just say this. Mm -hmm. what, is, what is so amazing, and, and I tell this to my brother all the time, and his name's Lamar, and uh, he, he's a big prophecy buff like I am too, and you know, it, it's if you love the appearing of our Lord and our Savior, if you have that just something about you in your heart that you just want to see him, that you want to hug him, mm -hmm. you want to you want to see him for yourself. You know, we we can see pictures of what people's painted, and we can only imagine. But I mean, we want to sing for ourselves. We want we want to hear his voice, look into his beautiful eyes, and but anyone like that is going to love, uh, you know, Bible prophecy. And the the thing, Andrea, that is just so amazing to me is that 20 years ago, if you would have told me that. I would live to see the day that Christians would be crucified like they were 2,000 years ago, that they would be beheaded like it says in the book of uh, Revelation. I would say, if I live to see that, then we must have missed the rapture and we are living in the tribulation because the society that we live in, you just don't 
cut people's heads off. That's too barbaric. You know, we are human. And, uh, and, and we're, you know, we're living in the year, you know, 1995, the year 2000. You just don't take a, a knife and cut people's heads off. That's for uh, the tribulation period. But yet here we are in 2016, and we are witnessing these things, and we're not even in the tribulation yet. So, and when you receive a message like the Lord has just gave you, says that my people don't realize just how short of time is left. Mm. I mean, we need to really pay attention to that because, it, you know, it would be one thing if you got on here and you said, the Lord said I'm about to come back. But yet, you know, the world's at peace, you know, like it was back in the 50s or 60s, you know, um, yeah. 70s, 80s, you know, uh, I'd say, nah, uh, you know, you, um, you're just making that stuff up. But when we're living in a day and age that, like what we saw happen in, in Dallas, oh, uh, where, you know, we're just here. This is in America we're talking about, you know, police are going to be at any, you know, event to make sure that it goes, you know, if you want to march for your cause, march. If you want to protest, protest, but do it in a civil manner. And, of course, police are going to be there to make sure that it goes, you know, and it stays, you know, civil. And here they are. They're just, you know, they're just young daddies and, and you know, maybe fixing to get married in a couple of days. We don't know what each one of these men's lives were like. And they're just there just making sure that everything is. And then you got a sniper up there. Kind of like, you know, what happened to John F. Kennedy. I mean, he's mm-hmm. just riding by and someone just, you know, sh- shoots him out of the car. And even back then, that was such a terrible event for that day and age because you just don't do things like that to other human beings. Yep. And here, we're living in a day that it happens every single day. It's ha- I mean, it's, and it's getting more widespread, and which, as you know, fulfills another prophecy, like in Timothy, that says that, you know, because iniquity will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And, and that's what's happening. We, and I don't mean we as fellow brothers and sisters, but we as a human race, because uh, we are turning more wicked and more wicked, the love that we have for fellow humans are it's growing cold, and and that's where you know we can walk by strangers starving, you know, on the side of the street, and and we don't have the the love in our heart to to do something to you know put shoes on their feet you know, to give them food. Mm-hmm. Or, and, and the only ones that you see doing that nowadays are the Christians because we have the love of God yes. in our heart. Yes. And I'm going to tell you this. I truly believe, Andrea, 
that the way that you can tell if you have the love of Jesus in your heart is when you can't stand the thought of a person uh, dying and going to hell. Because that's the reason why we're sit, still sitting here today on the 8th of July, wanting to, you know, we want the rapture to blow while we're making this video. Mm -hmm. But the Bible plainly says that God is long-suffering, and he is holding this rapture back because he is long-suffering, not desiring that any should perish. He knows in his sovereignty that if, if the rapture doesn't happen tonight, that so-and-so will get saved tomorrow. And, yeah. and, you know, we, now that, you know, hey, you know, we're in the house and our name's in the book, we say, hey, you know, Lord, come on, blow the trumpet and let's get out of here. But we have future brothers and sisters that tomorrow or the next day, uh, you know, that they will get saved and they're going to get to come go with us. So, mm -hmm. but back to your message the urgency of it 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 is it 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 is just the little i mean it's i don't want to get tongue tied here but in other words i i believe with all my heart it is truly was inspired by the holy spirit and when he said get up he meant this absolutely. is important absolutely yes yeah. this is important yeah you're not going to miss it. I don't want you to leave one word out. <laughs> I want yeah. you to write it down, and I want you to share it just the way I'm about to tell you. And yeah, it was just go ahead. downloaded, just boom. You know, it was just instant, and the I can't describe the feeling, um, the, I guess, the strength that was behind this, the strength the behind the I guess. Yes, it, it was, I had never, and I've been woke up before, but never, like, no, you will get up, you know. Right. I mean, I've always kind of, oh, you know, I will remember, or I'll just lean over and I'll write it down, and it's kind of hard to understand in the morning what I wrote down all right but this i knew something was really different with this message oh and yes well so, I'm, you know well i'm gonna tell you what you know uh read the part um about what satan what's uh, the trick that that the lord shared with you that satan is using uh on well, we know he's he's doing it to those that's in the world, but he's he's also doing the same thing with the Christians. Read that part. Oh, yeah. It says the spirit of Satan is entertaining them. Um, they they are too busy for me and do not believe that their time is short. And when what I believe, you know, is entertaining them, whether it be you know, I mean, it could be a variety of things, but, you know, um, video games and, you know, right. they're, the, Satan's got his nose in everything. <laughs> and, and 
you know, he's got everybody just locked right up to where, you know, you you can't even leave your house without, oh, my phone. Got to get my phone because what if somebody calls? You know, right. instead of just, I mean, he's got his his hands in everything. And and people are, aren't really aware of, of, of what he is, of, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, when I talk to people about, you know, about this, they just look at me like, oh, okay. Yeah, you know, it's, it, there's no, it's like I'm looking through, looking at a wall, actually, when I'm talking to people. They don't mm-hmm. comprehend. And, and, you know, I can talk to some Christians as well, and I just feel like I'm talking to a wall. Right. So, I don't know. Well, well, you know, with that, um, a couple of things uh, as far as, and, and I'm, I'm kind of making notes here, and uh, it's, because I have to do that, or I'll forget something I might want to bring up from, you know, when you're talking there. But as far as the distractions and then, you know, them not giving you any, uh, they're, they're not they're not grasping the severity of the message. And no. um, so, and what what is, what's going on, um, you know, as far as the distractions? You know, okay, let, let's just, you know, mention a couple. And and if there's anything that uh, y- your fellow brothers and sisters will get upset with you about is if you start meddling with the things that give them, uh, you know, entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, you got a person, loves the Lord, you know, they go to church, they read their Bible, uh, but I'm going to tell you, they're, they're not going to miss the football games. They're not going to miss, uh, you know, their Friday night dance. They're not going to, mm-hmm. whatever it is, they're not going to miss it. And because that's, that's my time. That's what I'm going to do. And the, the thing with that is, if you start telling them, say, well, you know, that's, that's okay. And, there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself. But show me, well, don't show me. Um, let me rephrase that. I don't want to get in the bullseye there. But in, in your time with the Lord, talk to the Lord. And I tell you, if there is a movie that every Christian needs to see, it is a movie called War Room. Have you seen that movie? I have not. Oh or, my goodness! You it's called War Room. War Room. I tell you what, get it and watch it. Buy it. I tell you what, it is it is spot on, and I won't. Uh, um, I won't even tell you what the War Room is, but because uh, I don't <laughs> want to mess any up, I'm telling you. Uh, Get the movie War Room. If you are a Christian and you haven't seen it, don't see don't see Tarzan or nothing else that you see War Room. Okay. okay. All right. But, but here's the thing. Um, you know, you hear preachers, and and I'm bringing up a point to get back to the distractions. 
you know, the Bible says, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice therein and be glad. Okay, so when you wake up, the Lord has given you hopefully a whole day. Hopefully you'll, you'll live through the whole day. So that's a 24-hour period. Okay, that's a day. Now, we're supposed to bring our tithes into the storehouse, and we're supposed to give a tenth of all of our increase. Well, the first thing we want to think about is money. That's all we're concerned about is the money. We're going to tithe the money, but we don't want to tithe the time. And you can ask, I promise you, if your husband said, honey, do you, would you like to give, would you like me to give you $300 or go spend three hours with you at a nice restaurant? You would probably say, honey, keep the money. I want mm-hmm. to spend time with you. Yes. Time, time is more valuable than money. So we, God desires us to come and spend time with him. But yet, on Friday night, that's my night. I'm going to go bowling. I'm going to go dancing. I'm going to go watch a movie. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to a football game. And then Saturday night, whatever you do there. So when you're in your prayer closet, you and the Lord, let the Lord tell you, if there's something that you could do to that would make him happy. And I, I assure you, if you'll start talking to him about spending more time with him, he will, I'm sure, say, you know what, uh, you need to lay down your phone. You need to lay down whatever it is, whether it's your word puzzle, whether it's putting puzzles together, whether it's painting or because see I was a painter what whatever you're doing playing your guitar or whatever it if you spend all your free time doing your entertaining thing and you don't give God any of that time I reckon somebody just realized that it's past the 4th of July because it sounds like they're out there uh, shooting fireworks or something Maybe they found some, maybe they found some old ones in a closet somewhere, but they're out there. They're doing something, and I hope it's fireworks. I'll say that. So, but anyway, um, I, you know, you know, the Lord said, "Be still before me, and know that I'm God." How can you be still before him if you're too busy running around with everything else? So, and then as far as, I mean, that goes in with the distractions. And like I said, you know, some people will get upset. So, oh, you you know, you're, you're meddling. No, I'm not meddling. I'm just telling you. And, you know, along with that, this just came back to my mind. Um, on one of the videos I made, Andrea, you know, I don't know, it just like hit me uh, when I was making it. Do you realize this little thing right here, this little cell phone, well, it ain't little, but I mean a cell phone. We're not going to have these things in heaven. I'm good with that. And, 
You know, I know, but I don't know how we're going to survive without a cell phone. I don't know how we're going to survive without Facebook or Google or Twitter accounts. I really don't know. And, you know, but, you know, now 99% of my Facebook, if you'll go to my Facebook page, you will see I'm not posting pictures of what I had to eat tonight. I'm posting <laughs> pictures of something that hopefully will encourage you to draw closer to the Lord. And Amen. I'm not constantly taking pics, what do what you call it, selfies? Because listen, Selfie. <laughs> with, with a face like this, you don't take selfies, okay? <laughs> I mean, it ain't something you do. Um, so I don't take selfies, but I know there's some some people that I'm scrolling. Well, that's a pretty picture of them. Scroll a little back. There's another picture. I think man, some people really like the way they look, I reckon. Uh, which, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's okay. But, I mean, you know, I don't know. Um, but, and another thing, and which I thought, Lord, I know I'm going to get in trouble with this one. On Friday night. Saturday night or any night, let's just say it that way, any night. If if your fun time is going to a bar and having a couple of cold ones, and I ain't talking about Pepsi's neither, and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a couple of cold drinks and get, you know, get a little woozy or feel, you know, feel good or whatever, and listen to the band playing and all. You know, might be playing some old 70s music or stuff, 80s. That's not going to happen in heaven. You're not going to be able to get up there and look around and say, hey, where's the beer joint? So what you say? Where's the beer joint? Uh, Gabriel is going to say, um, I don't know how you got here, buddy, but don't move because we got a train just for you. And uh, some angels come by and say, hey, it's time to go. We're going to take you where the beer joint is. Man, the best beer joints you've ever seen, son. And uh, he might say, hey, this place is getting hotter as we're moving. So, um, but no, we're not, we're not going to get raptured. To go to a beer joint, we're not going to get rapture to go to a a uh, a rock concert. We'll say that I won't even touch the country and western. But we're not going to get rapture to go to a rock concert and smoke marijuana, shoot dope, or anything else like that. We're going to get raptured to see the holy God that created the universe. We're going to be raptured so that we can meet one another and realize we're going to live forever in the presence of our God. And all these people that said, oh, there ain't no such thing as God, there ain't no such thing as, as a rapture or whatever, we're going to be beholding the presence mm-hmm. of our mighty God. And our bodies will have to be a glorified body. Because that's the only way we could stand in the presence. You know, it's like this. The sun is a, is a powerful uh, 
ball of fire out there. And he, he holds that thing in the palm of his hand. So you, you could just imagine the power that our God has got. And, and, and the whole point of this is that it is, it's Andrea with your message that God gave you. It is, we're living in times that if you claim to be a Christian, it's time to quit playing games. It, it, it is time. Listen, when this old book right here, let me grab it. When this book right here says, come out from among the world and be separate, it, it means come out from among the world and be separate. When it says don't touch the unclean thing, it means don't touch the unclean thing. When it says to be holy for I am holy, I'm sorry, it means be holy for I am holy. Because if it's in God's word, it's the truth. If God directs you to do something, it's truth. And I'm going to tell you, and then I'm going to hush and let you talk a minute, or, or many minutes, however you want. But I'm going to tell you one little situation in the Bible that I would have loved to been there just to see the reaction of these guys' face. The Lord, they went, and uh, I reckon they was at the temple or something or about to enter Jerusalem or something, and they needed the temple tax or whatever. And the Lord said, go down there to your pond there and cast a net or whatever. And the first fish you catch, open his mouth, and you will find the money. Take it and pay this for me and you. Now, you think of that. Now, now God, uh, Lord, let's, let's talk about it. You really think I'm going to go down here to this pond, and I'm going to catch a little fish swimming around down there in that lake or pond. And there's going to be money in his mouth. What, what, he's, what's he down there eating money? But there's going to be money in a fish's mouth. And you want me to catch that little rascal, open up his mouth. I don't know if it, it definitely wasn't a brim because a brim ain't got a mouth big enough to put nothing in. Barely can get the hook in it. Must have been a, a wide mouth bass or something. But anyway. <laughs> Those guys, they didn't argue. Now, I don't know about you. I probably would have said, now, Lord, are, are you joking? Are, are you serious? And Jesus probably would have said, do you think I'm lying? Oh, no, Lord, I know you can't lie. Uh, we fix and go catch a fish. But you think that is, that's, that's almost crazy to think that there is a fish swimming around with money in his mouth. Why would the Lord do that? That that is that's that's unnatural. That's almost you, what's the saying? I'll do it when pigs fly. You've heard that old saying? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it when pigs fly, or, or do it when hell freezes over, or something. That's kind of like one of those statements. It is totally against a natural order of a fish swimming around with money in his mouth. But you know what? It happened. 
And when I look at that, it's almost like that is Jesus giving those guys an example. He said, look, if you say with your mouth and believe it in your heart, it will come to pass. Jesus said, there's a fish with money in his mouth. He believed it, and it came to pass. Because those guys went down there, sure enough, there was a fish with money in his mouth. And he said, you believe in God? Believe also in me. And he said this, that whatever you believe and you speak it, of course, it has to be in God's will. You know, you're just not going to ask God to do something that is evil. But you can actually, the power of believing. You know, I attended Rainbow Bible Training, Training Center uh, back in 1981, 81, 82, somewhere in that time frame, you know, which is uh, Kenneth Hagan's ministry there mm-hmm. in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, and I tell you, it was something to sit under or just to sit there and listen to Kenneth Hagin, you know, discuss God's word and, and, and true faith. And, and he preached faith that it wasn't a, a, a faith to get rich by. It was a faith to do great and mighty things for your God. So, but, um, you know, that was, that's, was how he, if you ever read up on, on him, that's how he received healing from his heart condition uh, because he finally got to that scripture, I think it's in uh, Mark, where it, you know, it says what you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, it will come to pass. And I tell you, he, he, his uh, testimony, he just confessed that day after day, after day, and he began to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And, you know, God's word brought healing to him. And um, so anyway, well, go ahead. Talk to me. I, I, uh, I'm sure there's some, some stuff you want to add there. <laughs> well, I I actually, I I'm just grateful. Asa, that um, that I was able to share this, and oh, yes. you know, I really, I really hope that um, that someone listening, that maybe this will be a confirmation for them, or you know, just just say, hey, wow, I think you know, I want to turn my life around. Um, so I, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to opportunity to share oh, absolutely. with you and everyone else. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you what, um, I'm just glad that, uh, you know, that, that you um, felt confident enough to, to want to share it because I know that there's a, and, and I get the comments where, you know, some have had dreams or, or, or words from the Lord, and they're a little too shy to, to share it. And, you know, they'll say, well, if you want to share it, go ahead and share it. But, you know, it, it's it's not as good as it could be coming from the very one that it was given to. And, right. and that's the reason why I, I would rather just, 
you know, just maybe host it and just say, hey, go for it. Well, good. So, I, thank you for that. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Okay. So, well, I tell you, um, I hope that, like you said, that there's those out there that has been encouraged. And the bottom line is this, like, like the Lord shared with Andrea, you don't realize just how short the time is. And... Like I've mentioned in a couple of videos, I would suggest you go over to Informed Christians website. And I tell you, that gentleman, he fully believes that by the 14th, the rapture is going to happen. And he gives reasons and scriptures why. And I tell you, I hope he's right. Because I would love by the 14th or 15th to be in heaven uh, with all of y'all. And, of course, if it doesn't happen, you know what? Maybe the 17th. <laughs> but listen, the Lord's coming back, and he shared it with Andrea. My people, my people don't realize just how close the time is. It's time that the church gets straight, and it's time that my people come out from among the distractions that the devil has got them so tied up in and they're not giving him the attention that he deserves. You know, uh, I'm going to say this, and then we're going to just end the broadcast, if you'll hang around just a minute after that. Sure. But, you know, the, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he came to this earth, he came to do not his will, but the Father's will. He didn't come to sightsee. He didn't come to go fishing for fun or to invent stuff he came for one reason i have come i am the lamb of god to take away the sins of the world and that's why he came on a mission he walked every day fulfilling the father's will and not his will and if we could even come close to fulfilling the will of god and not fulfilling our will I believe that we would do exactly what Jesus Christ said. He said, the works that I do, you will do also, and you will even do greater works because he goes to the Father. He's interceding for us. The Holy Spirit's in us, and there's no reason why we cannot do greater works in the Lord. So Amen. I hope you all have enjoyed this video. and. I'll let you say the final words, young lady. All right. You guys have a wonderful evening. Awesome. And God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. <laughs>
um, the mental illness, everything. I think people are feeling uh, this uneasiness in their spirits. And um, I was just on my knees before the Lord, uh, praying for this nation. And the Holy Spirit came upon me with a word from the Lord. And when it hit me, I said, oh, no, no, not, not me, not today, Lord. Um, because that fear of man kicked in. I thought, you know, people are going to scoff at this. People are going to, you know, I'm going to lose followers. <laughs> um, and then he reminded me, I got to do my nails, you know, everything I could think of. And then he reminded me, it's not about you. <laughs> it's about me, and this is my word, and, and, and these are my children. And <laughs> I guess, you know, you... You lose ten, but he gains one. I lose ten people, he gains one person, and that that is the call. That is the kingdom work. And so I am I am going to obediently um, speak this word. Uh, and this is going to replace the verse of the day today. So in the midst of these perilous times of trial, um, you know, the Bible says that as it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And in the days of Noah, there was, there was violence and, and, and debauchery and everything you could imagine that's happening today. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And we're here, you guys. We are here. The hour is late. The hour is late. And this word from the Lord is urgent. It's urgent. He wanted me to read to you a bunch of verses from the scriptures about the end days. And this is not to scare anyone. This is about opening our eyes to what's going on around us and why we're all busy running around blaming each other and pointing fingers at each other for the pain that we're feeling inside. We're forgetting to look up and acknowledge the truth of what's happening. And I'll start off with this. John 1 in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, Jesus. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And the hope that is in Jesus Christ, that is a promise. That, that despite how dark these times are going to get, and they will get darker, they will get darker, but the darkness will not overcome the light. It ends well for those who are in Christ. Matthew 24, 1, Jesus left the temple and was going away when his disciples came to the point to point out to him the buildings of the temple, and he answered them, You see all these, do you not? Truly I say to you that there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the close of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. You guys, there is a great deception coming upon us, and it is going to come as an outcome of the violence and the chaos that we're seeing ensue right now. Just the sheer madness. If you're looking around at things going on in the world right now saying, I feel like I'm in a movie. There is a, there is, we are in a time of great chaos. And out of that chaos is going to arise the Antichrist and he is going to act like he is restoring peace and safety. 
That is going to be the outcome of this chaos. So let no man deceive you or lead you astray. Stand firm. Get to know the word of God. Be filled with his Holy Spirit. Second Timothy, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. Who's feeling that? Who's feeling that right now? For people will be lovers of self. That has never been more true in the history of our world. Never. We are, it is the most self-oriented time in the history of our society. Lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Never before, again, in the history of our society have children been so disobedient, ungraceful, unholy, heartless. You're seeing this heartless killing going on from every side. Murdering in, in this country and other countries. The Islamic State is burning women alive who refuse to recant their belief in Jesus Christ. unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good. People don't like the truth. There's a lot of people who aren't going to like this video. People who are calling good evil and evil good. Um, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, brutal, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. Luke 21.11, there will be great earthquakes and in various places famines and pestilences. And there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. Luke 18, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? That's the question that God had to ask when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I pray he finds it with me. And I pray he finds it with you. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. That's what's happening in our world today. The, the good is being called evil. The words of the gospel of Jesus Christ is being called evil. And evil things are being called good. People who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. And we certainly think that we're clever, don't we? Matthew 24, 5. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed. For this must take place, but it is not the end yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of birth pains. Then they will deliver you up. He's talking to believers now. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation, put you to death. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Christianity is going to, they are going to try to annihilate the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're not going to try to annihilate anything else. They're going to try to annihilate the gospel of Jesus Christ because the enemy doesn't want people, God doesn't want anyone to perish. The enemy wants everyone to go down with him. He, wants to, he knows he's going down. He knows he already lost. He wants to take you with him. And the Lord said in his word he, he would have none perish. None perish. Um, Yes, oh, this is a good one. Joel 2.28, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. 
2 Peter 3, knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days scoffing, following in their own sinful desires. People are going to scoff at the gospel. People are going to scoff at this video. I don't care. I don't care. Because this is about, this is about, this is about being obedient to God, speaking the truth. I am so glad that someone had the guts to speak the truth to me when I was living, when I was living in deception. God used people and reached out into the deep waters and he pulled me out. And I praise God for that every single day. Matthew 24:21. And then there will be great tribulations such as not been seen from the beginning of the world until now. No, and never will be again. Matthew 24, 14, and the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. This is the first time in the history of our world that we have the ability with technology to preach the gospel to the whole world. It's happening right now in every remote place of the world. People are receiving the word of God. People in other countries where it's illegal to have a Bible, it's illegal to preach the word of God. They are worshiping the Lord in underground churches, underground caves and caverns, and when they get the word of God in their hand, they get a page from the Bible. They literally weep. We have Bibles with dust collecting on our shelves, and these people weep at the word of God. The Bible says over and over and over again, but that about the day of the Lord, that concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. It says that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. It is going to happen so quickly. It says that over and over and over again. Therefore, you must also be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. It is trying to tell you that it's going to happen when you're not expecting it. And how will the Lord find you? He's trying to say, you're not going to know. So be prepared. Be awake. Be alert. Be in worship. Are you going to be, are you going to be worshiping false idols? Are you going to be off having an affair? What are you going to be doing? What are you going to be doing when this happens, when this comes upon you like a thief in the night? This is serious business. People take so many things in this world seriously, and they scoff at this. This is serious. For there will be great tribulation, and if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. He talks again about scoffers and and. These scoffers will cause divisions, worldly people devoid of spirit. And this is talking about religious people, because that's a religion, the spirit of religion upon people that don't have the, the Holy Spirit dwelling in them and unbelievers. This is talking about church people and not church people. So be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be moving in the spirit and not in the flesh. Do not be moving under a spirit of religion. Luke 21, 25, and there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. Look up, you guys, and on the earth, the stress of nations and perplexity. Matthew 24, 12. This is the verse for today. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. We are being desensitized to the truth. The media, the government is is mind-controlling you and desensitizing you to the truth. And they're doing it under the guise of love and unity, peace and security. Do not be deceived. A great deception is coming upon us, greater than you can even imagine. So stay rooted in the word of God. Because of lawlessness will be increased. The love of many will grow cold. Just shameless, reckless killing. 
again, the, the, the Lord is going to come like a thief in the night while people are saying there is peace and security. Then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. This is happening. This is going to happen quickly. Let no one deceive you in any way. This talks about false prophets, false apostles. These, some of these preachers you see making tons of money who are speaking a new age gospel. They are not speaking the truth. They are trying, telling you, they, have, they are talking to people with itching ears. They are telling you what you want to hear, and they are not telling you the truth. Because nobody in our society today seems to want to hear the truth. Well, guess what? The truth will set you free. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, the truth will set you free. These are dark and perilous times. And our only hope, our only hope is in Jesus Christ the way, the truth, and the life. Romans 13:11. Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for your salvation draweth near. Revelations 19:11. Then I... <clears throat> then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like flames of fire, and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And by the name by which he is called is the word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. The armies of heaven are coming, you guys. This is this is coming. Ephesians 1.21, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. That is the name of Jesus Christ, Yeshua. Matthew 7.13, enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. But those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. And I pray that you are one of these people. I pray that with all my heart that the Lord is opening your eyes right now. The Holy Spirit is touching you, Lord. Lord, touch someone right now with the truth. Soften their heart. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. With your wisdom and discernment. Less of me, God, and more of you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit to overflow, Lord. In Jesus' name. Acts 2.38 And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 1 John 2.17 And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. This is a promise. This is a promise. He's saying there's nothing you can do about it. If this is out of your control, the world is passing away along with its desires, whether we want to hear it or not. 
But whoever does the will of God abides forever. This is a promise. Hebrews 13, 14, for here, here on earth, we have no, we have no lasting city. Nothing. There is nothing that will last. But we seek the city that is to come, the new Jerusalem, that will be set up where Jesus Christ will reign forever. And we will reign with him. And all creation will be restored to perfection. A place where there is no more crying, no more death, no more sadness, no more disease, no more violence. No more hatred. No more racism. No more. There is real peace. Real love. Real unity. Real safety. Real comfort. Real restoration. And it is forever. And it is for you. And all you have to do is repent. Repent. And confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And believe it with all your heart. Ask him to save you. And he will do it. It's that simple. It's that simple. There's not 12 steps. He will come in and he will save you. Like he did me. And he revealed the truth to me. And he broke me on my knees. And he put a peace in my heart that surpasses all earthly understanding. And he wants to do that for you too. The last thing I'm going to read is the words from Jesus. The last section of the Bible from Revelation 22, 12 to 21. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. I'm sorry about all this, you guys, but the Holy Spirit is just, I'm, I just, I feel the grief, okay? Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the sexually immoral and the murderers and the idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let those who hear say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. If you are thirsty and you don't know what to do, guys, come to the Lord. He wants you. He is waiting for you to run to his arms. He is waiting he will give you the drink that you will never go thirsty again. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price, it's free. It's free. I warn everyone who hears the, the words of the prophecy of this book. 
If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things say, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. The Lord's heart is breaking. You know, Satan is roaming around and he is trying to deceive all of us. The Bible says that the devil roams around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. He's trying to get your mind. He's trying to get you through the media, the TV, the movies. He's trying to desensitize you. He's trying to... There, there are people in high, wicked places on this planet, in this government, who are trying to mind control you and deceive you into believing a different story. To get you to not believe the truth. You have been lied to by the government and the schools and all that since the day that you were born. It is time to enter into the truth. And Jesus Christ is the... Is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through Him. If you heard anything today that touched you, that got you thinking, that moved your heart, please reach out to me so that I can pray for you, talk to you. You can email me at philiaministries at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook. I pray that you would let Jesus in. I pray. If, if you feel the desire to do that right now, you guys, if the Holy Spirit is on you, feel that way to glory, don't, don't fight it. Don't fight it. And I didn't tell you all of these things to make you afraid. There is hope in Jesus Christ. These times are dark, perilous. This is, it's called tribulation for a reason. The birth pains of childbirth are no joke. The glory of the Lord is coming. Run to him. He wants to catch you. He wants you. He never intended hell for any human being. It was only for the fallen angels and Satan. His word says that he would have none perish If you would like to come into his kingdom right now, I ask that you would pray with me and speak these words. Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner and in need of your salvation. I invite you into my life. I surrender everything at the cross and into your hands, Lord. Save me, Lord Jesus. Bear my sickness. Bear my fear. Cleanse me of anything that breaks your heart. I am thirsty 
fill me with the water of life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit right now until I overflow. I believe that you died for me, beaten and broken, and you hung on the cross. I believe that three days later, as you had prophesied, that you rose again from the dead and that you are coming back for your bride. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys, if you just prayed that with all of your heart, the angels in heaven are rejoicing rejoicing and we are family you are a child of God I know this was a little bit intense but the Holy Spirit had to speak it fix your eyes on Jesus do not be deceived let us as a nation get down on our knees before almighty God we need him in these days coming we need his protection. You want to be on his side. He loves you. I love you too. Fix your eyes on him. Be blessed in the Lord. All right. Before we get to our prophecy update, I just want to apprise you in case you didn't hear about this breaking news. Uh, it happened early this morning, Hawaii time. Uh, it seems that several police officers have once again been shot, this time in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, the last report is that three police officers are confirmed dead. There were others wounded. This, of course, another assassination uh, of police officers. And it's an act of retaliation and revenge that is fueled by the Black Lives Matter movement and it follows the fatal police shooting of Alton Sterling in Baton Rouge prior. As I mentioned last week, I think it is incumbent upon us to pray for our nation's police officers. Clearly, there is a war that has been waged on the police here in the United States of America today. Now, this will have application to our prophecy update because I want to talk a little bit more about something that we looked at on Thursday night after the Islamic terror attack in Nice, France. Sort of ties into the aforementioned Genesis 50:20 verse that we looked at in our Second Corinthians study as it relates to God bringing good from that which man intended for evil. Uh, first, though, I want to, and I think it'd be good to do a brief recap of yet another very busy week on the calendar of Bible prophecy. Uh, one of the things that I, I keep thinking to myself and I keep hearing from others is that it's daily now. It's daily now. It used to be, you know, every once in a while you would turn on the TV, but now it seems that every day when you wake up in the morning and turn on that TV, there's something else of profound significance prophetically that is taking place somewhere in the world. 
and it's getting worse. And I guess in some ways it shouldn't surprise us, and here's why. Both the Apostle Paul and, more importantly, the Savior himself likened the return of the Lord to a woman travailing in labor. In other words, likening the signs of his soon return to birth pains. So it shouldn't really surprise us that, and I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news, but my Bible tells me that it's only going to get worse and it's going to increase in its intensity and frequency like that of birth pains right up until the time that the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ rise first and we who are alive and remain are caught up, raptured up to meet the Lord in the air. Well, let's uh, start with the Islamic terror attack in Nice, France on Thursday night. Uh, And I want to quote from this Jerusalem Post article that confirmed what we've known all along, and that is that this was ISIS. That's just the fact of the matter. Now, out of an abundance of caution, I appreciate it when the media doesn't want to rush to that judgment. However, Thursday night, we were talking about it. I knew that this had the fingerprints of the Islamic State all over it. It's important to understand that in the literature that is published by Al-Qaeda and the Islamic State, they are suggesting ways to strike terror into the hearts of the infidel. And by the way, uh, we are the infidel, and this is in obedience to to the Qur'an. A a verse commands the Muslim in the Qur'an to uh, strike terror, and they are striking terror and creating fear to the point now where police officers in this country when responding to a call don't know if they're going to be ambushed and assassinated this is terror this is terrorism well according to the post the Islamic State claimed responsibility for the truck attack and again by their literature they suggest taking large trucks and running over people and killing them. That is actually uh, in their literature for Al-Qaeda and the Islamic State. It claimed the lives of at least 84 people. The person who carried out the operation in Nice, France to run down people was one of the soldiers of Islamic State. The news agency Amak, which supports Islamic State, said via its Telegram account. He carried out the operation in response to calls to target nationals of states that are part of the coalition fighting Islamic State, the statement said. Well, on the heels of Thursday's Islamic State terrorist attack in France, we awoke on Friday to the attempted coup in Turkey which, according to this report, also from the Jerusalem Post, not only failed, but has led Erdogan to mete out his revenge against the military, uh, leading some to suggest that Erdogan is actually the one who staged this in order to give him license to unfettered Islamic rule and Sharia law in Turkey, which still has, in large measure, those who are not wanting Islam and Sharia law, the the so-called moderate Muslim as they're referred to. Well, quoting the Post, 
forces loyal to Turkey's government fought on Saturday to crush the last remnants of a military coup attempt which collapsed after crowds answered President Erdogan's call to take to the streets and dozens of rebels abandoned their tanks. This is sad. 161 people were killed, including many civilians, after a faction of the armed forces tried to seize power using tanks and attack helicopters. Erdogan accused the coup plotters of trying to kill him and launched a purge of the armed forces which last used force to stage a successful coup more than 30 years ago. They will pay a heavy price for this, said Erdogan, who also saw off mass public protests against his rule three years ago. This uprising, listen, is a gift from Allah to us because this will be a reason to cleanse our army. Uh -huh. A Turkish broadcaster reported that a purge of the ju judiciary was also underway, the judges. However, it, but the judges didn't uh, join in the coup. You, you see why some are suggesting this was orchestrated by Erdogan? However, a failed coup attempt could still destabilize a NATO member and major U.S. ally that lies between the European Union and the chaos of Syria, with Islamic State bombers targeting Turkish cities and the government also at war with Kurdish separatists. Keep your eye on this. We know that Turkey is in the alliance of nations that join Russia and Iran in Ezekiel 38 in their attack of Israel. And so everything, I believe, is lining up perfectly and exactly as we're told it would. Well, amidst all that happened this last week, there was something also uh, taking place. Very interesting, but it was eclipsed by what happened in France and in Turkey. And what I'm speaking of is Iran, who, according to Fox News, has conducted its fourth missile test since signing the nuclear deal, which, by the way, we just celebrated, not celebrated, uh, mourned, perhaps better said, the one-year anniversary of. Uh, here's some of what the report from Fox News had to say about this very disturbing development. It is very disturbing. Two days before the anniversary of the nuclear agreement between Iran and world powers, the Islamic Republic attempted to launch a new type of ballistic missile using North Korean technology. Multiple intelligence officials tell Fox News the test in violation of a UN resolution. Let me say that again. The test in violation of the UN resolution failed, thank God shortly after liftoff when the missile exploded, sources said. The effort occurred on the evening of July 11th and 12th near the Iranian city of Saman, an hour west of Isfahan, where Iran has conducted similar ballistic missile tests in the past. Did you know about this? Did you know that this was the fourth? It would be at least the fourth time Iran has launched or attempted to launch a ballistic missile since the nuclear accord was signed on July 14, 2015. Since we signed the nuclear deal, they've launched four of these tests which are a violation of the UN resolution. Hello? Are you kidding me? Silence. 
Silence. Not a word. Not a word. Not one word is spoken. Oh! But we're inundated. Bombarded. I'm getting angry. I'm not going to go there. With everything else that has absolutely no significance whatsoever. Inconsequential. Transgender bathrooms. Are you kidding me? In recent days, Iranian officials have voiced plans to conduct more tests. Oh, isn't that special? Iran will strongly continue its missile program based on its own defense and national security calculations, Foreign Ministry spokesman Bahram Ghassemi said on the ministry's website. It's not only that they're doing this, they're doing this brazenly and openly. i got to believe that Americans aren't that stupid. i got to believe that. I want to believe that. Because if they are, then it's no wonder. I know there's a powerful delusion that Paul writes about to the church of Thessalonica, but think about this. What happens when Iran's missile testing is met with success instead of failure? Is that Ezekiel 38? You better believe it. You better believe it is. I'll take it a step further and also ask the question of what happens when a coup like the one in Turkey is also met with success and destabilizes this Islamic nation, this Islamic state. I am keenly aware that there are those who argue that the Antichrist will come out of Turkey and moreover that Turkey unites with Iran and not Russia in Ezekiel 38. I can't get there. I can sort of, kind of, maybe see how they get there. But, by the way, uh, this Thursday, Lord willing, we're going to uh, start in First Chronicles. We just finished Second Kings after... I don't want to know how many years, and I don't want you to know how many years either, but we're in our study through the Old Testament, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. We're going to finally start in First Chronicles uh, this Thursday. And we're going to actually go through nine chapters. I really invite you to come out. We'll be done by midnight with nine chapters. No, it's, it, actually, we're going, to, we're going to get through it. But very interesting. Uh, and if you, if you go home after church today and you open up your Bible and you see what the first nine chapters of First Chronicles are about, you will become very depressed. And you will not come on Thursday night. And you know why? Because <laughs> it's all genealogies. It's all genealogies. But why is it so important? Because we have the descendants of Sham, Ham, and, J- Ham and Japheth the sons of Noah. And in there, we have the key that unlocks the prophecy in Ezekiel 38 concerning modern-day Turkey, modern-day Russia, modern-day Iran. They're all in, of all places, the most boring place in God's Word, First Chronicles, the first nine chapters. Let's be honest. We, we skip over, you know, you know, this is the descendant of this and the father of this. And they go, yeah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And we just go right past it. You, you don't want to do that, by the way. And just a little, uh, little something else I'll just say parenthetically uh, to give you uh, some incentive. Uh, we're also going to talk about the prayer of Jabez. Remember the prayer of Jabez? 
That just so happens to be in the first nine chapters of uh, First Chronicles. How am I doing? Am I doing okay here? <laughs> so that's Thursday night again, Lord willing. And it's places like First Chronicles that uh, I sort of hang my hat on when it comes to nations like Turkey. I see Turkey being involved in this alliance of nations with Russia and Iran at the helm. I would suggest that it's only a matter of time before it does, before it happens. And when, not if, it does happen, it will permanently change the geopolitical dynamics. They will never be the same again. I hope this doesn't come off as hyper-sensational. I think for those of you who know me, I, I really am careful not to sound like that. But I believe everything we see taking place today is truly the beginning of the end. The common denominator with all that's happening and all that's beginning to come to pass on the world stage is that it's setting the stage for the final act, the final curtain call, if you will. All of the actors are in place and positioned. All the props are perfectly in place. And here's the thing, and think this through with me. The nations that are aligned today were not aligned even five years ago. Think about this. Is it reasonable to think that they would still be aligned five years from now? As fast as everything is happening? As rapidly as everything is changing and it is rapid? It is so fast? On Thursday night, I was watching this horrific ISIS terrorist attack in France, and I was struck by a couple of things on The Factor with Bill O'Reilly. He had a telephone interview with Donald Trump, and he made the, the comment that this is no longer isolated ISIS attacks, but a world war scenario, world war scenario. Now, I've been hearing this, probably you as well, as of late, that we're in a world war scenario, very plausible. Uh, more interesting even, not to be outdone, Hillary Clinton surprisingly also called in to the factor and made the stunning comment about being at war with, and I quote, radical jihadism. Radical jihadism. Think about that for just <laughs> radical jihadism. I'd like to pose this question to those who buy into this new. This is new. I, I got to confess, I, this is. I've not seen this wrapping paper on Islam, uh, calling it radical jihadism. Uh, the question I would like to ask is: Do you believe there's such a thing as moderate jihadism? Do, do you even know what jihadism is or what jihad in Arabic means? Jihad in Arabic means holy war, holy struggle. And by the way, you see it pictured here? Jihad, the only solution? Does that sound like you've heard that somewhere before by one Adolf Hitler? And Mein Kampf, by the way, do you realize 
my struggle, my jihad, my jihad. Holy struggle, holy war. And what was Hitler's goal? It was the final solution. The final... I believe with all my heart, oh, how I wish I was wrong, that this rise of jihad, this struggle, this holy war, this only solution is Hitler's final solution repackaged, reinvented. And now it has on it the face of Islam. Islam. If this weren't bad enough, Bill O'Reilly had an eyewitness from France on the factory. You already see it on the screen, right? He was a Muslim, and Bill O'Reilly asks him this question. Uh, how do, what do you think of your fellow Muslims doing this? To which he responded, Oh! I'm a Muslim, and this has nothing to do with religion. This, wait a minute, let me see. Okay, just, I'm not the sharpest knife in the kitchen drawer, but let's just go back over this. Jihad means holy war. Religious war. And this jihadism, radical jihadism, which by the way, and you'll forgive me, you'll forgive the bluntness with which I say this, but this quote-unquote radical jihadism is a redundancy from the pit of hell. It is a redundancy from the pit of hell. It is a lie from the father of lies. This, this is a religious war. This is a satanic attack. A satan and like we talked about last week, please, 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 please. Our battle is not against Muslims. God loves the Muslim. The Arabs in the Middle East, my people, are coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ by the multitudes. We won't hear about it. They're coming to Christ by the multitudes. Jesus died for the Muslim. Jesus loves the Muslim. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It is against the principalities and the powers of darkness, wickedness in high places. Paul lists four entities in the spiritual realm there in Ephesians chapter 6. Last week I happened upon the website, thereligionofpeace.com. Not for the faint at heart, by the way. I found very interesting their list... They track this. They track the Islamic terror attacks that take place somewhere in the world. I scrolled down on the website, and it took me a while to get to the bottom of the list. And, and it's not even all of the terrorist attacks. It's actually a partial list. And in their partial list, they report that in 2016, we're in July. It, what's the date today? July Somebody help, uh, 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 what is it, Seven, 17th? I knew that, 17th, yeah. It's, it's, uh, Lord, come quickly. <laughs> What's my name? Don't tell me. I think it's spelled J.D., I don't know. There were 1,274 Islamic attacks in 50 countries in which 11,774 people were killed and 14,303 injured, and that is only year-to-date. 
this morning on Fox News to talk about what's happening to police in America. Last year, I hope my numbers are right, they, uh, there were 30-something police shot in the United States all of 2015, and already in July, on July 17th, there's already been 29 police officers shot. 29. Year to date. This brings me to what I mentioned at the beginning concerning how that God, in His goodness, in His grace, in His mercy, in His love, brings good from that which man means for evil. One of the things I noticed when I did go to Twitter on Thursday was that a lot of people are asking a lot of very good and intelligent questions. Let me give you an example. This was after France, Nice, France, on Thursday night. Questions like, what's going on in this world? Is this the end of the world? These are non-Christians going to their Twitter accounts and tweeting these questions. What's this world coming to? There was one tweet, and I think I quoted it on and read it on Thursday night. One person tweeted, I'm starting to lose hope in this world. Yes! Yes! You see that? People are starting to ask questions. People wake up in the morning and they turn on their TVs and they see what's happening in this world and they're asking the right questions. Guess who has the answer? We! We have the answer. We need to give to every man an answer of that hope that lies within us. This is why I encourage everybody to engage people on Twitter. Hopefully you won't get the guy I engaged on Twitter on Thursday night. That was interesting. <laughs> but God's Word doesn't return void. If you respond lovingly with Scripture, it's between them and God. And they can't refute that. The very last tweet I saw from this guy after I finally pulled the plug on it was, you don't know if that's really true in the Bible. And I had quoted in Psalms where it says that the Lord is, laughs at them. The Lord laughs at them because He knows their day is coming. And that was my final tweet. I just wanted to you know, just kind of get it in there. Just say, in Jesus' name, of course, right? <laughs> and because I, this guy was not looking for an answer. Believe me, I would not have replied that way if he was. I, this man was looking for a, an antagonistic argument. Go to my Twitter and you'll see. There, just... <sighs> They're asking the question, and the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 13 through 16 says this, And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. There's a lot of fear out there today. Would you agree? There's a lot of threats out there today. Would you agree? Do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. And here's what we're to do instead, verse 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And, here it is. Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. That's the qualifier. 
Let your words be seasoned with grace. Do it with humility and, and the fear of the Lord. Having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. And they will. And they will. They will. We have to give to every man an answer of that hope that lies within us. And this presupposes they're asking, what is it about you? Why are you... You're weird, man. You're excited when you see what's going on in the world. Why? What is the matter with you? They have clinical terms for your condition. You get excited. Why? Because my hope isn't in this world. My hope is in Jesus Christ and His soon return for His bride. He's going to come and He's going to take me and all who are in Him to be with Him and to be forever with the Lord. I'm not going to be here for this. That's why I'm not freaking out. I'm not going to be here for this. The Lord's taking me out of here. That's my blessed hope. That's my. And you can have that hope too. I want that hope. I want that hope. You can have that hope. Here's how. Here's how. This is why I believe it is. We were talking about this, and I'll close with this, and I appreciate your patience. Don't look at your watches. I was mentioning this in our prayer meeting this morning, that I believe, like never before, we as Christians are standing at the crossroads of one of the greatest, if not the greatest, opportunities in human history. We have before us the opportunity to be light light in a dark world that's getting darker by the moment. We have an opportunity to share the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ with those who are so full of fear right now. So full of fear right now. The conversations that I have with non-believers is the likes of which I don't remember having before in my life. And I've been walking with the Lord for over 30 years. I don't remember having conversations like, what's going on in the world? I can't turn on my TV without something horrible happening. What's going on? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked. Let me tell you what's going on. The Bible said this is exactly what would be going on at the time of the end. And you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to give up hope. Oh, you have to give up hope in this world because your hope is not in this world. Your only hope, my friend, your only hope is Jesus Christ. If you're here today in this church that I am privileged to pastor, and you have never called upon the name of the Lord, I implore you today to call upon the name of the Lord, believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. Romans 10.13 says, All who call on the name of the Lord will, will be saved. Your salvation is a prayer away. Please stand and we'll pray. Loving Heavenly Father, thank You for the assurance that we have in You, in Your soon return. Thank You, as John writes, that we can know, know that we have eternal life. 
Lord, we see everything that's happening in the world, and we know that it's going to continue to get worse. But we also know that as it continues to get worse, just as the signs become more frequent as we get closer to our final destination, so too are the prophetic signs becoming more and more frequent as we get closer to our eternal destination when that trumpet sounds. And Lord, I would just ask for anybody here today in this church or watching this online, wherever they're at in the world, and they're losing hope in this world, and they're very fearful about the direction of this world, Lord, I pray that today they would loosen their grip on this world and the things of this world and turn their hearts to you and open their hearts to you and call upon you and be saved today, today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, everyone. Lisa Haven here, and lots of news has been surfacing just these past couple of days. Lots of things to share with you. Now, the first thing that I want to share is, thankfully, nothing happened with the days of rage uh, that went on or reportedly went on Friday uh, night, but thankfully, none of that came to fruition. I actually put out a report on Instagram earlier that morning claiming I didn't believe anything would pan out simply because of the fact back in 2014 there was already talk of the exact same thing uh, taking place after Ferguson. Well, thankfully, nothing really panned out then and nothing really panned out on Friday other than a lot of reporters being on the scene just in case. Now, with that on the table and talk of of uh, uprisings and riots and uh, Black Lives Matter uh, organizing different um, events throughout America and lots of that going on all across our country. Well, in Turkey as well over the weekend, lots of things. We know that there was a coup that took place in the country of Turkey, an uprising against the government there. They wanted to throw out the government and bring in more. Well, as a result, we know the entire thing failed. Uh, and Erdogan, the president, went in and did a mass slaughter, so to speak. Maybe not a mass slaughter, but lots of brutality and lots of violence went on and lots of killing. A total of 6,000 people were detained and arrested, 265 killed, 1,400 wounded. And what was the response of Erdogan? Well, it was this. The uprising is a gift from God to us because this will be a reason to, quote, cleanse his army. Hmm. What's interesting about that is we know that Erdogan is very power hungry. So this gave him the opportunity to cleanse anyone and anybody in his uh, military or in his offices uh, to get rid of anyone who stood in his way or against his policy or criticized him in any way. Now we know there are lots of criteria or there's lots of talks that Erdogan could be an antichrist candidate for the Bible. We know that that is something that some people hold to belief. Now, I've actually done, and I'll uh, leave information on it on my website, freedomnationnews.com, but there I've done plenty of YouTube videos where I've linked 
the biblical Antichrist of Revelations to how similar the Antichrist or, quote, Savior of the, of the Muslim religion who comes riding on a white horse just like our Antichrist, but they paint him as the Savior, the Muslim uh, Savior is the Christian Antichrist. Neat little ties there, and I actually link it to the Bible references and to the Hadith and Quran references so you can see it for yourself. But nonetheless, uh, Erdogan fits some of that. Now, I'm not saying he's the Antichrist. I don't know who that is. I've done uh, multiple reports. I've done a report on how uh, Prince Charles can fit that. I've done a report on how Erdogan can fit that. I've done a report on multiple others uh, that fit and could possibly be that category, in that category. But fact of the matter is, nobody knows who it is with 100% certainty until that time arises. Nonetheless, here is the thing we need to keep in mind about Erdogan. Um, he is power hungry, but also he's already been widely known for his arrest and treatment or mistreatment of journalists and reporters who many have been jailed simply for crossing the government's line, so to speak, as well as many uh, anti-government posts on social media, Facebook, Twitter, these types of things um, have been banned in the country of Turkey. Uh, and we also know that Turkey has close relationships with ISIS. Uh, so other things to keep in mind there as well. Uh, but in response to this coup, what I want to do is show you some of or coup, uh, the information and reports on that so you can see for yourself and then get into the relations between Russia and the United States and some of the links. So let's check that out. All right, so the first few reports that I want to show you here are just some of what is actually or what happened with this coup. And the first one is on ZeroHedge.com, released uh, July 16th. The counter coup begins. Erdogan purges 2,745 judges, prosecutors, and arrests hundreds. In fact, when you read further on in these reports, the numbers get as high as 6,000. And again, as I stated earlier, 265 people were killed and 1,400 uh, wounded in this particular purge. Uh, but that is, and it's just been brutal. Here's another report on news.com.au, Turkey coup. Turkey's prime minister and him and President Erdogan order arrest of soldiers and sacked judges. And as I stated before, this also proves that this helped Erdogan eliminate those underneath who were, quote, in his way. Uh, moving on, here's another report by 21st Century Wire. Now, some of the images in this report are too brutal uh, for me to show. It just made me sick to my stomach. But I wanted to leave a link to this report because I want you to go and check it out for yourself. If you have an easy stomach, I recommend you not do that. But Erdogan's purge, Islamo-fascist mobs torture and murder in streets of Turkey. And I just need to warn you, it's ISIS-style broodings. Uh, very gruesome. But um, the pro-government AKP and Muslim Brotherhood, Brotherhood supporters took to the streets to do this for uh, Erdogan's regime. 
Now, moving on. Uh, let's move on a little bit more into, the, I guess, the conspiracy aspect of it. Uh, we know that the coup was started in order to, quote, oust the government and bring in reportedly a more democratic style, at least that is uh, the claim. But nonetheless, let's first discuss what Russia has to do with this. Well, the first thing I want to bring up is this RT on rtnews.com. Erdogan, and this was last month, apologized to Putin over death of Russian plot, called Russia friend and a strategic partner. Now, we know that there was a pilot that was downed and uh, lots of turmoil between the two countries in the beginning of that. But Erdogan of Turkey offered to pay, uh, you know, whatever they needed to pay to, uh, you know, bury him right and all of that there, follow the religious requirements and the whole nine yards on that. But basically to ease the tensions and relationships between the two countries, well, apparently the forming of a partnership between Russia uh, or and Turkey, um, or a little bit more of a partnership, I will say. But great information you can find in that. Now, here's another one on the brickspot.com, and this is Turkey's failed coup may have unexpected benefits for Putin. Now, this gets into a little more information on that aspect of it, but Nonetheless, benefits for Russia. Now, here's something to think about. We know that Russia has a very powerful army. We also know that Russia is not a NATO allied member. However, Turkey is. Okay, so here's some problems that I see so far. Well, well let me show you this last one, then I'm going to get into that. But here's this last one here. And this is on TASS.RU, and it says, Putin Erdogan have telephone conversations after military coup attempt in Turkey. So right after this attempt, they have this phone conversation, okay? Now let me just say a few things. Going back in history, World War I, World War II, there were all kinds of shady alliances being formed. We need to think, look to history's past to see what's going on in the future. Is there another, quote, shady alliance being formed? We know, first and foremost, that Turkey is, let me show you the members list, members list for um, NATO. Sorry, I'm just going to plug that in. So we have here NATO member list right here, and Turkey is a member. I'm going to scroll down to Turkey here. Obviously, they are a member of NATO. Now, with this in mind, uh, we know Russia is not a NATO member, okay? So, let's think about this. Russia has a very powerful army. Turkey also has, I believe, the second most powerful army in the NATO organization. Uh, so, a considerably large military force backing in NATO, their alliance. Well, here's the thing. When the coup happened in Turkey, NATO did nothing. They stood idly, idly by and watched it happen, so to speak. Now, let me make this clear. I hate Erdogan. I don't like the guy. The guy is evil to the core. He persecutes and, and kills uh, those against his regime. He is the antithesis of freedom. He stands for no freedom at all. And he's in league with terrorists and ISIS, and I do believe there are relationships between the U.S. and Russia specifically in regards to the terrorist organization because we know that they work with the CIA uh, and all of that. But nonetheless, uh, they are a NATO member. Now, 
maybe there could be some issues with that in Aragon because NATO did nothing. So maybe NATO, uh, maybe Aragon is worried about the relationships with NATO. Therefore, he's he's undercutting NATO, forming some kind of shady alliance with Russia under the table sort of thing. Uh, specifically, when you consider the phone call right after the coup to Mr. Uh, Putin of Russia. So there you have this shady alliance being formed, which again, turters, uh, teeters, near edge on, again, another kind of world war. Now, there's also this to think about the United States. So there's another side to it, okay? So here we have rtnews.com, and we have Turkey says U.S. is no friend for har harboring the coup planner. Now, he is reportedly the guy, according to Aragon, that constructed this whole thing, though the guy claims he's innocent and all of that. But nonetheless, um, we are harboring him, I believe, in Pennsylvania. And because of that, we are being accused by Turkey for having our hands in the coup. Did we have our hands in the coup? I don't know. But I wouldn't put it past any country at this point. Uh, again, Operation Northwoods sort of thing. Uh, here is a report from ZeroHedge.com. And this is Turkey suspends all U.S. operations against ISIS uh, at an airbase, which is specifically in Turkey. Uh, there is also talk of, you know, um, if we don't release the guy who is responsible for the coup, uh, then we're also getting blamed with a possible... Um, I guess, takeover or uh, something from Turkey that they could be threatening with specifically in regards to this base in order that we turn over, quote, the enemy or the bad guy here. But here is independent.co.uk. Turkey coup. Tensions between the U.S. and Erdogan rise. Uh, and that's just showing there's more tensions between our two countries. But nonetheless, there are shady deals between our two countries. We know Turkey is accepting many of the Syrian refugees. And uh, again, look at what's going on there. And we also know that they have links and ties to ISIS. And America stands idly by, uh, so to speak. Last thing I want to show you is this last one on uh, ZeroHedge.com. Turkey accuses U.S. of being behind the coup, demands extradition of um, the guy who's reportedly behind it there. So there you have it. Now, we must also consider this third option, and that is this, that Erdogan himself started the coup. Now, why do, that, why do I say that? Well, if you go back to one of the first three reports I stated, uh, it is in there, but we have to remember in the beginning of this report, I stated that Erdogan himself said this about the coup, and he states, and I quote, this uprising is a gift from God to us because it will be a reason to cleanse our army." cleanse his army. Remember, Erdogan is known for his mistreatment of journalists, his um, any uh, banning of anti-government posts on social media. Now, he takes opportunity of this coup to cleanse judges, military personnel, high official rankings, anyone who is remotely critical of his regime, get 
eliminated, 265 killed, 1,400 wounded. I would say that that sends out a threat message to many in his organization, but it's absolute power grab. Now, you cannot put that past uh, people in power. They do this stuff all the time, uh, historically speaking. And uh, it could very well be that as well. Maybe he operated it and pins it on someone else and someone takes the blame, case solved. Kind of like Nero, who set the fires in the city, blamed it on the Christians. Many Christians died when he himself was the one who set the fire. So lots of things to think there. We have Russia in there, we have U.S. in there, and we have Turkey in there, and we also have NATO. Four powerheads being linked here, and NATO obviously is a strong force, but we must take all of it into consideration, especially considering everything that's happening. Now, in a nutshell, what do I see? I see we are inching very close to World War III. Anyhow, I uh, wanted to bring you the latest on that, and if you are not prepared with food, now is the time to do it. If war does break out, it's not a pretty thing. People die. People that we love die. People in military die. Civilians die. And food can, uh, we can run into food crisis and issues and things like that. So the best thing to do is get food and store it up. I use foodforliberty.com backslash haven. They are a partner. They help fund, fund what I do here. But I don't back anything I don't personally buy and I don't personally use. Great product, great tasting. Also, getthetea.com has lots of great healthy uh, options for you guys. I personally love Super Strength Tea and use it all the time. Absolutely amazing detox. Anyhow, thanks again for tuning in. This is Lisa Haven signing off. Hey, YouTube, it's Penny. I'm recording this uh, the evening of July 16th, 2016. And I make no apologies about the fact that this is undoubtedly going to be long. So if you need to break it up into smaller pieces to get through it all, um, by all means do that. But um, I think it's going to be worth it for you um, if you listen all the way to the end. So on January 15th of 2016, I heard the seven treasures. And um, I heard it in the context of the end times. Kind of like, you know, like the seven thunders in Revelation or something like that. Um, but I, I looked for the, um, the term seven treasures and couldn't find it anywhere in scripture. Well, then, I don't know, a month or so ago, I was reading in, um, for Ezra. So Ezra was Nehemiah's scribe. And, um, if you have the traditional 66 books, you know, um, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, but, Ezra actually wrote many books, and um, some people call for Ezra, um, they'll call it second Ezra's, but it was written by Ezra. Well, anyway, chapter 13, verse 56 says, and therefore have I showed you the treasures of El Elyon. And I stopped and thought, what treasures? And so I kind of made a study of um, for Ezra and looking through it, and basically, if my counting is correct, he was given seven visions. Um, and so I don't know if that's what Yahuwah was pointing me to back in January when he said the seven treasures. But um, regardless, I think that it's really 
fascinating. And so I wanted to bring you excerpts from the Book of Fort Ezra, kind of like I did when I um, shared with you from Second Baruch, um, his visions of the end times. So uh, I'm just going to start reading. I'll go back and edit this and um, try to tighten it up as best I can. But um, amazing, amazing book. So I'm going to, the first uh, chapter and a half are like um, kind of preamble with, um, you know, what Yahuwah is saying to, to Ezra. <clears throat> I'm going to pick it up starting in verse 27 of chapter 2. So it says, Be not weary, for when the day of trouble and heaviness comes, others shall weep and be sorrowful, but you shall be merry and have abundance. The heathen shall envy you, and they shall be able to do nothing against you, says Yahuwah. My hands shall cover you so that your children shall not see Sheol. Be joyful, O mother, with your children, for I will deliver you, says Yahuwah. Remember your children that sleep, for I shall bring them out of the sides of the earth and show mercy unto them, for I am merciful, says Yahuwah, Sevod. Embrace your children until I come and show mercy unto them, for my wells run over and my grace shall not fail. I, Ezra, received a charge of Yahuwah upon Mount Oreb that I should go unto Israel. But when I came unto them, they set me at naught and despised the commandment of Yahuwah. And therefore I say unto you, O ye heathen, that hear and understand, look for your shepherd. He shall give you everlasting rest, for he is nigh at hand and shall come in the end of the world. Be ready to the reward of the kingdom, for the everlasting light shall shine upon you forevermore. Flee the shadow of this world. Receive the joyfulness of your glory. I testify my Savior openly. O receive the gift that is given you and be glad, giving thanks unto him that has led you to the heavenly kingdom. Arise up and stand. Behold the number of those that be sealed in the feast of Yahuwah which are departed from the shadow of the world and have received glorious garments of Yahuwah. Take your number, O Zion, and shut up those of yours that are clothed in white, which have fulfilled the Torah of Yahuwah. The number of your children whom you longed for is fulfilled. Beseech the power of Yahuwah that your people, which have been called from the beginning, may be hallowed. That should be ringing all kinds of bells for you. Okay, so here's the first vision. I, Ezra, saw upon Mount Zion a great people whom I could not number, and they all praised Yahuwah with songs. And in the midst of them there was a young man of high stature, taller than all the rest, and upon every one of their heads he set crowns and was more exalted, which I marveled at greatly. So I asked the angel, okay, so Uriel is the angel who... Um, has been come to reveal all these um, visions to him and what they need, <clears throat> and said, Sir, what are these? And he answered and said unto me, These be they that have put off the mortal clothing and put on immortal and have confessed the name of Elohim. Now are they crowned and receive palms. And then I said unto the angel, Angel, what young person is it that crowns them and gives them palms in their hands? So he answered and said unto me, It is the Son of Elohim, whom they have confessed in the world. Then I began, excuse me, then began I greatly to commend them that stood so stiffly for the name of Yahuwah. 
Then the angel said unto me, Go your way and tell my people what manner of things and how great wonders of Yahuwah Eloheka you have seen. So in chapter 3, uh, Ezra is um, he's kind of you know trying to make his case with Yahuwah, uh, trying to figure out like, okay, why are we in captivity? And I know that we, you know, sin and didn't keep your commandments, but neither, neither do these guys, like our captors. So why are you prospering them? And he says, oh, weigh therefore our wickedness now in the balance. <laughs> He's wanting, you know, to be judged in the scales with theirs that dwell in the world. And so shall your name nowhere be found but in Israel. And when, when was it that they which dwell upon the earth have not sinned in your sight? Or what people have so kept your commandments? You shall find that Israel by name has kept your precepts, but not the heathen. So at this point, Yahuwah um, sends Uriel to give him an answer. And basically, Uriel is telling him, you know, your heart has gone too far in the world and think you to comprehend the way of El Elyon. Like, who do you think you are? Um, questioning, you know, Yahuwah about all these things. And, you know, this stuff is like way over your head, basically. And so Ezra says, then I answered, <clears throat> And said, I beseech you, O Yahuwah, let me have understanding, for it was not my mind to be curious of the high things. Like, I'm not trying to understand, you know, all of this stuff, but of such as passeth by daily, namely, wherefore Israel is given up as a reproach to the heathen, and for what cause the people whom you have loved is given over unto wicked nations. And why the Torah of our forefathers is brought to naught, and the written covenants come to no effect. As we pass away out of the world as grasshoppers, and our life is astonishment and fear, and we are not worthy to obtain mercy, what will he then do unto his name whereby we are called? Of these things have I asked. Uriel says, then he, or says, and then he answered me and said, The more you search, the more you shall marvel, for the world hastens fast to pass away and cannot comprehend the things that are promised to the righteous in time to come. For this world is full of unrighteousness and infirmities. But as concerning the things whereof you ask me, I will tell you, for the evil is sown, but the destruction therefore is not yet come. So they go back and forth with this conversation. And then the um, next thing that happens is he has a second vision. So I stood and saw, and behold, a hot burning oven passed by before me, and it happened that when the flame was gone by, I looked, and behold, the smoke remained still. After this, there passed by before me a watery cloud, and sent down much rain with a storm, and when the stormy rain was passed, the drops remained still. Okay, and then he has a conversation with Uriel, who is explaining to him the meaning of this vision and how it happens to pertain to um, the days of the world, and I'm I'm just gonna I'm not gonna give you all of this because it's, it's so long. But um, and forgive me for not reading all of this to you. That wasn't my intention um, for this video. Is more to just kind of want you to want to search this out for yourself. Okay. So um, let's see. I in verse eleven. So this is chapter six. I answered then and said, O Yahuwah, that bear rule, if I have found favor in your sight, I beseech you, show your servant the end of your tokens or signs, wherefore you showed me part last night, so in that earlier vision. 
So he answered and said unto me, Stand up upon your feet, and hear a mighty sounding voice. And it shall be, as it were, a great motion, but the place where you stand shall not be moved. And therefore, when it speaks, be not afraid, for the world, excuse me, for the word is of the end, and the foundation of the earth is understood. And why? Because the speech of these things trembles and is moved, for it knows that the end of these things must be changed. And it happened that when I heard it, I stood up on my feet and hearkened. And vision three, behold, there was a vision that, excuse me, there was a voice that spoke, and the sound of it was like the sound of many waters. Sound familiar? And it said, behold, the days come that I will begin to draw nigh and to visit them that dwell upon the earth and will begin to make inquisition of them what they be that have hurt unjustly with their unrighteousness and when the affliction of Zion shall be fulfilled and when the world that shall begin to vanish away shall be finished, then will I show these tokens, these signs. The sepharim, that means books, shall be opened before the firmament and they shall see all together and the children of a year old shall speak with their voices and women, the women with child shall bring forth untimely children of three or four months old and they shall live and be raised up. And suddenly shall the sown places appear unsown. The full storehouses shall suddenly be found empty. And the shofar shall give a sound, which when every man hears, they shall suddenly be afraid. At that time shall friends fight against another like enemies, one another. And the earth shall stand in fear with those who dwell therein. The springs of the fountains shall stand Still, and in three hours they shall not run. Whosoever remains from all these that I have told you shall escape and see my Yeshua, and that word is salvation, and the end of your world. Whosoever remains from all these that I have told you shall escape and see my salvation and the end of your world. And the, and the men that are received shall see it, who have not tasted death from their birth, and the heart of the inhabitants shall be changed and turned into another meaning. For evil shall be put out, and deceit shall be quenched. As for faith, it shall flourish. Corruption shall be overcome, and the truth, which has been so long without fruit, shall be declared. So further down in chapter 7, starting in verse 102, I answered and said, if I have found favor in your sight, show further to me, your servant, whether on the day of judgment the righteous will be able to intercede for the ungodly or to entreat El Elyon for them, fathers for sons or sons for parents, brothers for brothers, relatives for their kinsmen, or friends for those who are most dear. He answered me and said, since you have found favor in my sight, I will show you this also. The day of judgment is decisive and displays to all the seal of truth. Just as now a father does not send his son or a son his father or a master his servant or a friend his dearest friend to be ill or sleep or eat or be healed in his stead, so no one shall ever pray for another on that day. Neither shall anyone lay a burden on another, for then everyone shall bear his own righteousness 
and unrighteousness. So chapter 8 starts, And he answered me, saying, El Elyon has made this world for many, but the world to come for few. I will tell you a similitude, Ezra, as when you ask the earth, it shall say unto you that it gives much mold, whereof earthen vessels are made, but little dust, that gold comes up. Even so is the course of this present world. There be many created, but few shall be saved. Uh, so dropping down to verse 45, Ezra says, Be not wroth with us, but spare your people, and have mercy upon your own inheritance, for you are merciful unto your creature, or creation. Then answered he me and said, Things present are for the present, and things to come for such as be to come. For you come far short that you should be able to love my creature more than I. But I have oft times drawn nigh unto you and unto, hit, un, unto it, but never to the unrighteous. In this also you are marvelous before El Elyon, in that you have humbled yourself as it becomes you, and have not judged yourself worthy to be much glorified among the righteous. For many great miseries shall be done to them that in the latter time shall dwell in the world, because they have walked in great pride. But understand for yourself, and seek out the glory for such as be like you. For unto you is paradise opened, the tree of life is planted, the time to come is prepared, plenteousness is made ready, a city is built, and rest is allowed, yea, perfect goodness and wisdom. The root of evil is sealed up from you, weakness and the moth is hid from you, and corruption is fled into Sheol to be forgotten. Sorrows are past, and in the end is showed the treasure of immortality. And therefore, ask no more questions concerning the multitude of them that perish. For when they had taken liberty, they despised El Elyon, thought scorn of his Torah, and forsook his ways. Moreover, they have trodden down his righteous, and said in their heart that there is no Elohim, yea, and that knowing they must die. For as the things aforesaid shall receive you, so thirst and pain are prepared for them, for it was not his will that men should come to naught. But they which be created have defiled the name of him that made them, and were unthankful to him which prepared life for them. And therefore is my judgment now at hand. These things have I not shown unto all men, but unto you, and a few like you. Then I answered and said, O oh, behold, Yahuwah, now have you showed me the multitude of wonders which you will begin to do in the last times, but at what time you have not showed me. Gotta love Ezra, he's asking the same question we all are. When, <laughs> chapter 9, he answered me then and said, Measure you the time diligently in itself, and when you see part of the signs past, which I have told you before, then shall you understand that it is the very same time wherein El Elyon will begin to visit the world which he made. Therefore, when there shall be seen earthquakes, what did Yahusha say the first sign was going to be? Okay, and uproars of the people in the world. That was the second thing Yahusha said. 
Then shall you well understand that El Elyon spoke of those things from the days that were before you, even from the beginning. For like as all that is made in the world has a beginning and an end, and the end is manifest, even so the times also of El Elyon have plain beginnings in wonder and powerful works and endings in effects and signs. And everyone that shall be saved and shall be able to escape by his works and by faith, because faith without works is dead, whereby ye have believed, shall be preserved from the said perils, and shall see my Yahusha, my, it actually says my Yeshua, and this is lowercase, so my salvation, shall see my salvation in my land and within my borders. For I have sanctified them for me from the beginning. Then shall they be in pitiful case, which now have abused my ways, and they that have cast them away despitefully shall dwell in torments. For such as in their life have received benefits and have not known me, and they that have loathed my Torah, while they yet had liberty, and when as yet a place of repentance was open unto them, understood not, but despised it. The same must know it after death by pain. And therefore be not curious how the wicked shall be punished and when, but inquire how the righteous shall be saved, whose the world is and for whom the world is created. So starting in chapter 13, and it came to pass after seven days I dreamed a dream by night. And lo, there arose a wind from the sea, that it moved all the waves thereof. And I beheld, and lo, that a man waxed strong with the thousands of heaven. And when he turned his countenance to look, all things trembled that were seen under him. And whensoever the voice went out of his mouth, all they burned that heard his voice, like as the earth fails when it feels the fire. And after this I beheld, and lo, there was gathered together a multitude of men, out of number from the four winds of heaven to subdue the man that came out of the sea. But I beheld, and lo, he had graved himself a great mountain and flew up upon it. But I would have seen the region or place whereout the hill was graven, but I could not. And after this I beheld, and lo, all they which were gathered together to subdue him were sore afraid, and yet dared fight. And lo, as he saw the violence of the multitude that came, he neither lifted up his hand nor held sword or any instrument of war, but only I saw that he sent out of his mouth as it had been a blast of fire, and out of his lips a flaming breath, and out of his tongue he cast out sparks and tempests, and they were all mixed together, the blast of fire, the flaming breath, and the great tempest, and fell with violence upon the multitude, which was prepared to fight, and burned them up every one, so that upon a sudden so that upon a sudden of an innumerable multitude nothing was to be perceived, but only dust and smell of smoke. When I saw this, I was afraid. Okay, so he's seen the same thing that John saw. Afterward, saw I the same man come down from the mountain and call unto him another peaceable multitude. And there came much people unto him, whereof some were glad, some were sorry, and some of them were bound. And other some brought of them that were offered. Then was I sick through great fear, and I awakened and said, 
You have showed your servant these wonders from the beginning and have counted me worthy that you should receive my prayer. Show me now yet the interpretation of this dream. For as I conceive in my understanding, woe unto them that shall be left that shall be left in those days, and much more woe unto them that are not left behind. For they that were not left were in heaviness. Now understand I the things that are laid up in the latter days, which shall be which shall happen unto them and to those that are left behind. Therefore are they come into great perils and many necessities, like as these dreams declare, yet it is easier for him that is in danger to come into these things than to pass away as a cloud out of the world and not see the things that happen in the last days. And he answered unto me and said, The interpretation of the vision shall I show you, and I will open unto you the thing that you have required. Whereas you have spoken of them that are left behind, this is the interpretation. He that shall endure the peril in the time has kept himself, excuse me, in that time, has kept himself. They that be fallen into danger are such as have works and faith toward El Shaddai. Know this, therefore, that they which be left behind are more blessed than they that be dead. This is the meaning of the vision. Whereas you saw a man coming up from the midst of the sea, the same is he whom El Elyon has kept a great season, which by his own self shall deliver his creature, his creation, and he shall order them that are left behind. And whereas you saw that out of his mouth there came as a blast of wind and fire and storm, and that he held neither sword nor any instrument of war, but that the rushing in of him destroyed the whole multitude that came to subdue him, this is the interpretation. Behold, the days come when El Elyon will begin to deliver them that are, are upon the earth, and he shall come to the astonishment of them that dwell on the earth, and one shall undertake to fight against another, one city against another, one place against another, one people against another, and one realm against another. And the time shall be when these things shall come to pass, and the sign shall happen which I showed you before, and then shall my son be declared, whom you saw as a man ascending. And when all the people hear his voice, every man shall in their own land leave the battle they have uh, one against another, and an innumerable multitude shall be gathered together as you saw them, willing to come and to overcome him by fighting. But he shall stand upon the Mount Zion, and Zion shall come and shall be showed to all men, being prepared and built, like as you saw the hill graven without hands. And this my son shall rebuke the wicked inventions of those nations, which for their wicked life are fallen into tempest, and shall lay before them their evil thoughts, and the torments wherewith they shall begin to be tormented, which are like unto a flame, and he shall destroy them without labor, by the Torah, which is like unto me, the Torah, the word that proceeds out of his mouth. And whereas you saw that he gathered another peaceable multitude unto him, those are the ten tribes which were carried away prisoners out of their own land in the time of Husha the king, Hushalmanser, the king of Asher, led away captive, and he carried them over the waters, and so came they into another land. 
But they took this counsel among themselves that they would leave the multitude of the heathen and go forth into a further country where never mankind dwelt, and that they there might guard their statutes, which they never kept in their own land. And they entered into Paris by the narrow places of the river, for El Elyon then showed signs for them and held still the flood till they were passed over. For through that country there was a great way to go, namely of a year and a half, and the same region is called Arzareth. Then dwelt they there until the latter time. And now, when they shall begin to come, El Elyon shall stay the springs of the stream again, that they may go through. Therefore saw you the multitude with peace. But those that be left behind of your people are they that are found within my borders. Now, when he destroys the multitude of the nations that are gathered together, he shall defend his people that remain, and then shall he show them great wonders. So in chapter 15, um, this is when he has the seventh vision. And I know I haven't brought you all seven. Um, but, okay, so he says, Behold a horrible vision, and the appearance thereof from the east, where the nations of the dragons of Arabia shall come out with many chariots, and the multitude of them shall be carried as the wind upon the earth, that all they which hear them may fear and tremble. Also, the Carmanians, raging in wrath, shall go forth as the wild boars of the wood, and with great power shall they come and join battle with them, and shall waste a portion of the land of Ashur, A-S-H-S-H-U-R. And then shall the dragons have the upper hand, remembering their nature, um, and if they shall turn themselves, conspiring together in great power to persecute them, then these shall be troubled blood, and keep silence through their power, and shall flee. And from the land of Ashur shall the enemy besiege them, and consume some of them, and in their host shall be fear and dread, and strife among their kings. Behold, clouds from the east, and from the north and to the south, and they are very horrible to look upon, full of wrath and storm. They shall smite one upon another, and they shall smite down a great multitude of stars upon the earth, even their own star. And blood shall be from the sword unto the belly, and the dung of men unto the camel's hoof, H-O-U-G-H. And there shall be great fearfulness and trembling upon earth, and they shall see the wrath, excuse me, and they that see the wrath shall be afraid, and trembling shall come upon them. And then shall there come great storms from the south and from the north and another part from the west. And strong winds shall arise from the east and shall open it. And the cloud which he raised up in wrath and the star stirred to cause fear toward the east and west wind shall be destroyed. Don't know what the star is. The great and mighty cloud shall be puffed up full of wrath and the star that they may make all the earth afraid and them that dwell therein. And they shall pour out over every high and eminent place a horrible star, fire and hail and flying swords and many waters, that all fields may be full and all rivers with the abundance of great waters. And they shall break down the cities and walls, mountains and hills, trees of the wood and grass of the meadows and their grain. And they shall go steadfastly unto Babel and make her afraid. They shall come unto her and besiege her the star, 
and all wrath shall they pour out upon her. Then shall the dust and smoke go up unto heaven, and all they that be about her shall bewail her. And they that remain under her shall do service unto them that have put her in fear. And you, Asia, that are partaker of the hope of Babel, and are the glory of her person, woe be unto you, you wretch, because you have made yourself like unto her, and have decked your daughters in whoredom, that they might please and glory in your lovers, which have always desired to commit whoredom with you. This should also sound familiar. <laughs> you have followed her that is hated in all her works and inventions. Therefore, says Elohim, I will send plagues upon you, widowhood, poverty, famine, sword, and pestilence, to waste your houses with destruction and death. And the glory of your power shall be dried up as a flower. The heat shall arise that is sent over you. You shall be weakened as a poor woman with stripes and as one chastised with wounds, so that the mighty and lover shall not be able to receive you. Would I with jealousy have so proceeded against you, says Yahuwah, if you had not always slain my chosen, exalting the stroke of your hands and saying over their dead when you were drunken, set forth the beauty of your countenance? The reward of your whoredom shall be in your bosom. Therefore shall you receive recompense. Like as you have done unto my chosen, says Yahuwah, even so shall Elohim do unto you and shall deliver you into mischief. Your children shall die of hunger and you shall fall through the sword. Your city shall be cast down and all yours shall perish with the sword of the field. They that be in the mountain shall die of hunger and eat their own flesh and drink their own blood for very hunger of bread and thirst of water. You, as unhappy, shall come through the sea and receive plagues again. And in the passage they shall rush on the idle city and shall destroy some portion of your land and consume part of your glory and shall return to Babel that was destroyed. And you shall be cast down by them as stubble and they shall be unto you as fire and shall consume you and your cities, your land and your mountains, all your woods, your fruitful trees shall they burn with fire. Your children shall they carry away captive and look what you have, they shall spoil it and mar the beauty of your face. Woe be unto you, Babel and Asia. Woe be unto you, Mitzrayim and Aram. Gird up yourselves with cloths of sack and hair. Bewail your children and be sorry, for your destruction is at hand. A sword is sent upon you, and who may turn it back? A fire is sent upon you, and who may quench it? Plagues are sent upon you, and what is he that may drive them away? May any man drive away a hungry lion in the wood, or may anyone quelch a fire in stubble when it has begun to burn. May one turn away the, the arrow that is shot of a strong archer. El Yahuwah sends the plagues, and who is he that can drive them away? You know, so all these people who are saying, you know, oh, well, if we just pray enough, um, you know, we can turn back the judgments of Yahuwah. No. A fire shall go forth from his wrath, and who is he that may quench it? He shall cast lightnings, and who shall not fear? He shall thunder, and who shall not be afraid? Yahuwah shall threaten, and who shall not utterly, who shall not be utterly beaten to powder at his presence? The earth quakes and the foundations thereof. The sea arises up with waves from the deep, and the waves of it are trouble, and the fishes there also, before Yahuwah, before the glory of his power. For strong is his right hand that bends the bow. His arrows that he shoots are sharp and shall not miss when they begin to be shot into the ends of the world. Behold, the plagues that are sent and shall not return again until they are come upon the earth. The fire is kindled and shall not be put out till it consume the foundation of the earth. Like as an arrow which is shot of a mighty archer returns not backward, 
So even the plague shall be sent upon the earth and shall not return again. Woe is me, woe is me, who will deliver me in those days? The beginnings of sorrows and great mournings, the beginning of famine and great death, the beginning of wars and the power shall stand in fear, the beginnings of evils. What shall I do when these evils shall come? Behold, famine and plague and tribulation and anguish are sent as scourges for amendment. But for all these things, they shall not turn from their wickedness, nor always be mindful of the scourges. Behold, victuals shall not, <clears throat> excuse me, victuals shall be so good, cheap upon the earth, that they shall think themselves to be in good case, and even then shall evils grow upon the earth, sword, famine, and great confusion. For many of them that dwell upon the earth shall perish of famine, and the other that escape the hunger shall the sword destroy. And the dead shall be cast out as dung, and there shall be no man to comfort them, for the earth shall be wasted, and the city shall be cast down. There shall be no man left to till the earth and to sow it. The trees shall give fruit, and who will gather them? The grapes shall ripen, and who shall tread them? For all places shall be desolate of men, so that one man shall desire to see another and to hear his voice. For of a city there shall be ten left, and two of a field, which shall hide themselves in the thick groves and in the clefts of the rocks. And as excuse me, as in an orchard of olives upon every tree, there are left three or four olives. Or as when a vineyard is gathered, there are left some clusters of them that diligently seek through the vineyard. Even so, in those days, there shall be three or four left by them that search their houses with the sword. And the earth shall be laid waste, and the fields thereof shall wax old, and her ways and all her paths shall grow full of thorns, because no man shall travel therethrough. The virgins shall mourn, having no bridegroom. The women shall mourn, having no men. Their daughters shall mourn, having no helpers. In the wars shall their bridegrooms be destroyed, and their men shall perish of famine. Hear now these things, and understand them, ye servants of Yahuwah. Behold the word of Yahuwah. Receive it. Believe not the Elohim of whom Yahuwah spoke, the gods, lowercase g as some books would say, behold the plagues draw nigh and are not slack, as when a woman with child in the ninth month brings forth her son, within two or three hours of her birth, great pains compass her womb, which pains when the child comes forth, they slack not a moment. Meaning, this is just going to increase and increase. Even so shall not the plagues be slack to come upon the earth, and the world shall mourn, and sorrow shall come upon it on every side. O oh, my people, hear my word, make you ready to your battle, and in those evils be even as pilgrims among the upon the earth. He that sells, let him be as he that flees away, he that buys as one that will lose, he that occupies merchandise as he who has no profit by it, and he that builds as he that shall not dwell therein, he that sows as if he should not reap. So also he that plants the vineyard, as he that shall not gather the grapes. They that marry, as they that shall get no children, and they that marry not, as the widowers. And therefore they that labor, labor in vain. For strangers shall reap their fruit and spoil their goods, overthrow their houses and take their children captive. For in captivity, excuse me, for in captivity and famine shall they get children. And they shall occupy their merchandise with robbery. The more they deck their cities, their houses, their possessions, and their own persons, the more will I be angry with them for their sins, says Yahuwah. Like as a whore envies a right, honest, and virtuous woman, 
So shall righteousness hate iniquity when she decks herself, and shall accuse her to her face when he comes that shall defend him that diligently searches out every sin upon earth, and therefore be not like thereunto, nor to the works thereof, for yet a little, and the iniquity shall be taken out of the earth, and righteousness shall reign among you. Let not the sinner say that he has not sinned, for Elohim shall burn coals of fire upon his head, which says before Yahuwah Elohim and his glory have not sinned. Behold, Yahuwah knows all the works of men, their imaginations, their thoughts, and their hearts, which spoke but the word, but the earth be made, and it was made, that the heaven be made, and it was created. In his word were the stars made, and he knows the number of them. He searches the deep and the treasures thereof. He has measured the sea and what it contains. He has shut the sea in the midst of the waters, and with his word has he hanged the earth upon the waters. He spreads out the heavens like a vault. Uh, upon the waters he has founded it. In the desert has he made springs of water and pools upon the tops of the mountains, that the floods might pour down upon the high rocks to water the earth. He has made man and put his heart in the midst of the body and gave him breath, life, and understanding. Yea, the Ruach El Shaddai, which made all things and searches out all hidden things in the secrets of the earth. Surely he knows your inventions and what you think in your hearts, even them that sin and would hide their sin. Therefore has Yahuwah exactly searched out all your works, and he will put you all to shame. And when your sins are brought forth, ye shall be ashamed before men, and your own sins shall be your accusers in that day. What will you do? And how will you hide your sins before Elohim and his angels? Behold, Elohim himself is the judge. Fear him. Leave off from your sins and forget your iniquities to meddle no more with them forever. So shall Elohim lead you forth and deliver you from all your trouble. For behold, the burning wrath of a great multitude is kindled over you, and they shall take away certain of you and feed you, being idle, with things offered unto idols. And they that consent unto them shall be had in derision and in reproach and trodden underfoot. For there shall be in every place and in the next cities a great insurrection upon those that fear Yahuwah. The persecution's coming. And they shall be like madmen, sparing none, but still spoiling and destroying those that fear Yahuwah. For they shall waste and take away their goods and cast them out of their houses. Then shall they be known who are my chosen. And they shall be tried as the gold in the fire. Hear, O ye my beloved, says Yahuwah, behold, the days of trouble are at hand, but I will deliver you from the same. Be ye not afraid, neither doubt, for Elohim is your guide. And the guide of them who guard my commandments and precepts, says Yahuwah Elohim, let not your sins weigh you down, and let not your iniquities lift up themselves. Woe be unto them that are bound with their sins and covered with their iniquities, like as a field is covered over with bushes, and the path thereof covered with thorns that no man may travel through. It is left undressed, and it is cast into the fire to be consumed therewith. So, I encourage you to get this affair so that you can read all of these books for yourself, books that were previously included and then removed by God knows who, for God knows what reason, but these books were written to us to encourage us in these end times. So, with that, 
Brothers and sisters, body of Christ, bride of Christ, this is the prophetess of the Most Highest God with a dream and a vision that was given to me yesterday. Today is July 16th, 2016. I was given a vision. The doors of heaven were opening up and I was going in this glorious, beautiful, bright place and I saw beautiful multicolored flowers something that we will never ever 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 see in this world I knew it was a vision of heaven oh so beautiful even the fragrance I smelled the fragrance of each and every one of them it was so glorious and so beautiful Wow. Yes, I saw many things. And the Lord took me into the room of crowns and said that each and every one of these crowns were waiting for his bride. So when we go home, we're going to be given our crowns. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. My crown was gold, had gems on the top and pearls in the middle. It was beautiful. And it was just wonderful. I was saying, Lord, I can't wait to come home. I cannot wait to come home. And he said, all heaven is waiting for the bride to come home. All heaven is excited for the bride to go home. Wow, that was beautiful. I cried. I cried so much. Brothers and sisters, body of Christ, body of Christ, your mind can't even imagine what God has waiting for us. I'm so blessed to receive these visions. I really am. I'm blessed. I'm so blessed. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I want to tell you one thing. One morning, I was still asleep. But in my sleep, I was awake. And I saw the glory of God's beautiful, beautiful, glorious light coming into my room through the window. So many glorious things I have seen because of my Lord. I praise God that I have been found worthy to receive visions from heaven. To hear God's voice. Like I said, brothers and sisters, by the Christ, by the Christ, I am so blessed to be given the mantle of prophecy, the mantle of a prophet. I praise God that I could come upon the YouTube and just speak God's messages, bring forth visions and dreams. 
Brother Bob Barber has beautiful and glorious images for every dream that is brought forth to him. I just love that channel. Brothers and sisters, Bride of Christ, Bride of Christ, many of us are having dreams and visions of going home. We are at the door. We're ready to enter heaven's gates. We really are. I just feel so, so sad for the brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, body of Christ, that don't believe in the pre-tribulation rapture. It's so sad that they have, they have in their mind that they have to die for the honor and glory of God. When Jesus himself was the ultimate sacrifice. That's what they don't understand. That Jesus himself became the ultimate sacrifice for all of us. So that we would not have to die. But have eternal life with him. And the Father and the holy angels. Brothers and sisters, body of Christ, body of Christ. Let us never forget what Jesus did for us on the cross. Let us never forget how much love he has for us right now in 2016. No matter what's going on in this world, hallelujah. It's just a closer step to going home. I love you all. I truly do. And I can't wait to meet you guys in the air and in heaven we're going to have a glorious time oh a glorious time that we've never ever imagined having and we're going to have it for all eternity we are the family that will live forever shalom be blessed and we are out of here i'll see you in the air God bless you. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, July 13, 2016. Well, get your Kleenex out. It's going to be one of those times that we are together. You know, when you have a song that continues to hit you in your mind, all day yesterday, this song kept hitting me. Well, I was reading an email. Let me start with that. I want to just briefly share an email that just so deeply touched me yesterday. As with many of your emails, there was a couple in particular that really, really was unbelievable. One was from John in Chicago that was the confirmation of the dream that the Lord gave me, uh, which was the second confirmation, um, not just from that dream, but uh, Beatrice from the dream a couple days before that that I shared. And so, uh, God is confirming his comfort to us, his comfort. Okay, so today, uh, yesterday, I received an email from Janet. I want to just share briefly with you. I am not sure if you remember me. I asked you if you would pray for my husband, Ron. You wanted me to keep you posted. On June 13, Ron went home. One day, just over a month ago, 
I was in the garage. I was in the garage. God spoke to me. He said, "Daughter, I will be taking Ron soon. Keep your eyes focused on me. All will be okay." See, that's the whole message right there. Keep your eyes focused on me. All will be okay. No matter what you face, everything's going to be okay. I stopped what I was doing and looked. See, when God speaks to you, it stops you in your tracks. Just like all day yesterday, after uh, I believe I, I read this during the day, sometimes this email, but then the song, other songs, kept hitting me. I'll share that in just a moment. I will be taking Ron soon. Keep your eyes focused on me. All will be okay. I stopped what I was doing and looked. My heart sank, thinking, did I just hear right? Many times when God says something, we don't want to hear it. It's not something we want to hear. We have to stop because we know God said it to us. But we have to question, did I just hear God? Did he just say that? My heart sank. Her heart sank. Many times when God gives you a word, your heart sinks. Because your heart is breaking. You know, a person is leaving a, a situation. Um, their brother Derek from Florida, he, he asked me to pray. After God has given so much prophecy to him and his wife, and they have like four children now. And he says, Susan, she wants to go out. I don't get it. I don't get it. Our heart breaks. But we just have to continue day by day with God. There's no place, like I said, it's going to be one of those days. No place else to go. I stopped what I was doing and I looked. My heart sank, thinking, did I just hear right? Then I said, Lord, you know best if this is your will. I accept it. But a woman of faith. All I ask is that God, if please, do not let him suffer. This is our cry. Do not let our loved ones suffer. Do not let them suffer. Now Ron is home safe and pain free and made whole. Ron had a kidney problem. I do remember praying. I remember lifting this up. Maybe you remember praying as well with me that day. I will miss my husband, my love, my best friend. I know he will be at the gate to greet me when I take my last breath on this earth. Thank you from my heart. Bless you, Susan. Love and hugs. See, this is the hope Janet knows. He will be at the gate. Our loved ones will be at the gate be at the gate. So, now, this song that kept hitting me all day yesterday, and I didn't know why. You know, you find yourself singing a tune, and you think, why am I singing this tune over and over and over? And then, of course, when I got up this morning, and I said, Father, what are we, what are we talking about today? What is your agenda? And then he led me into today's message which is Psalm 31, a song of trust. 
a song of trust reading from the Haley's study Bible a song of trust David in constant danger trouble grief or humiliation humiliation always impeccably trusted in God Jesus quoted his dying word from this psalm Psalm 31 into thy hands I commit thy spirit and that was shown to me by an email that I got in from Israel Study Center so that brought that I want to share with you now the lyrics of this word the the lyrics from this song that just kept hitting me and you know this is the reason Jesus is waiting right now people keep wondering why is Jesus waiting oh come Lord and we're also excited and many people are putting out videos about the raptures coming you know there's one thing I have to share I I really wish people would just focus on Jesus and not so much about the, when the rapture is going to happen. We don't know. We don't know. You're just guessing because you're not God. God Almighty is the only one that knows when he's coming. This is a mystery. That's why he said, I'm going to come as a thief in the night. Now, I know that's for people that are not looking for him. I get that. I know that. But... Even Jesus said, even I myself don't know that exact moment. Only the Father, when the Father tells me. Yes, he's in heaven. Yes, he knows all things. I can hear you speaking. Those of you that are saying, but Susan. But still, Jesus is reserving this. We aren't going to know every single thing. And we're not to focus on how we're going to get out of here. We're not to be so self-centered about ourselves. Just thinking, I want out, I want out. That's just another me syndrome. That's just another self-centered person. We need to be thinking about salvation of other people. This should be our focus, not ourself. Get me out of here, God. And if I'm stepping on some toes, I don't mean to, but I have to release what I'm feeling out of my heart. You see, the reason Jesus is waiting the reason the rapture hasn't happened yet is because that last soul hasn't come in yet. And Jesus is not looking forward. You know, this isn't something he's delighting in, leaving everybody here for those years of his great wrath. Do you think he delights in seeing the people down here fall apart when you and I are going to be gone? So this word came to me, this song, yesterday, all day long, all day long. This song about the man who was dying. And his wife would fall asleep, I believe it is. And every time, you know, he'd feel himself start to uh, die. He didn't want her to see him die, basically. It's the story. So the song, the words are, maybe you've heard it, Elvis did it, Frank Sinatra did it. Softly, I will leave you, softly, for my heart, my my heart would break if you should wake and see me go, 
So I leave you softly Long before you'll miss me Long before Can't even do this Your arms can make me stay For one more hour Or one more day After all the years I can't bear the tears to fall so softly as I leave you there. And, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. It goes on and on and on. Jesus is not looking forward to seeing everybody suffer down here after we're gone. That's the reason that he hasn't came for us yet because he is long-suffering hoping that that last person comes in he knows who that person is he knows who that person is so when I read the email yesterday I knew that was exactly what the Lord wanted to talk about today when I got up and I read from the Israeli Israel Study Center sent an email the last words of Jesus from Hebrew, a Hebrew perspective. When he was on the cross, rethinking Jesus last Jesus' last words from Hebrew. This is very interesting. Doctor Eliyahu uh, is now a research fellow at Galilee Center of Jewish uh, Christian excuse me my cursor won't uh, Christian relations uh, Jezreel Valley Academic College in northern Israel this is his latest insight the Jewish morning begins with the uh, Mohadek Anai excuse me if I'm not saying this right I thank prayer, which expresses the worshiper's gratitude towards the heavenly king for returning one's soul to him or her. The presumption here is that the evening before the worshiper has entrusted the spirit to the Almighty for safe keeping. You know, I always teach my children and my grandchildren when we go to sleep you know I always tell them make sure you say your prayers now I lay me down to sleep I pray the Lord my soul to keep if I should die before I wake I pray the Lord my soul to take I know you probably taught your kids that we learned it as children now I lay me down to sleep you see Jesus wasn't laying down when he went to sleep he was suffering on the cross but he was still committing his spirit into the hands of the Father. Many observant Jews use the phrase, in, into your hands I commit my spirit, Psalm 31, 5, at the end of their evening prayers. Are we doing this? Are we doing this? You know, we pray in the morning, we pray in the evening. But are we committing our spirit every single morning, 
every single evening, as they are. I don't even know if they're these ones that are saying that they're saved. What is interesting is that this ritual includes the same verse that Jesus cried out while dying on the cross. Uh, it is highly likely that in his agony of pain, Jesus was reciting the entire psalm from memory as he faced the greatest challenge of his incarnate life. The greatest challenge. You know, death is the final enemy that we face if we die before the Lord comes in the rapture. If we die, if we die, who's planning on dying? Nobody. Are we really planning on dying? Are we planning on us dying or seeing our loved ones die? No, we're not planning on it. But we must live as though our spirit is always in his, committing it to him. It's in his hands. Into thy hands. I commit. I commit. I surrender. I give it to you. I trust you. A song of trust by David. We read these fitting words in Psalm 31, 1 through 5. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge. A strong fortress to save me. Since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. Keep me free from the trap that is set before me, for you are my refuge. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. How does this verse sound in Hebrew original? It is, pos is it possible that some essential nuance got lost in the translation? The answer is yes. Please allow me to explain. The Hebrew word, which was translated as I commit, pronounced afkid, this word has a meaning that is much closer to I deposit, which necessarily signifies a future reclaiming of the thing deposited. <laughs> thing deposited, where am I? Um, a vivid image might be that of checking a coat at a theater or a restaurant or even money into the bank with the definite intention of getting it back. While the English word commit can also be used to describe giving something in with the purpose of claiming it back, at some point in the future it might just as well mean the giving of something without stating clear intentions for the future. In Hebrew, on the other hand, the unequivocal equivocal meaning of this verse is the temporary submission of one's spirit into the hands of God 
into his custody with the definite intention of receiving it back. This, of course, makes perfect sense that Jesus would quote this psalm in particular while hanging on a Roman cross. The above discussion shows that if we take time to compare the original verse Jesus was reciting from Hebrew, a simple but significant insight into the words of Jesus on the cross will emerge. The words Jesus uttered were nothing less than a declaration of his great Israelite faith that as he deposits his soul into the hands of his heavenly father, he will surely get it back at his resurrection from the dead.